In today's episode, we're going to talk about meditation and compassion as it relates to Henry Sugar. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. My name is Jerry Quintanilla. Uh, if you are new to this podcast, this podcast is traditionally all about the trials and tribulations that I go through as it relates to my business adventures and being an entrepreneur and all the things that are going on with that. But um, as of right now, I'm actually doing a lo-fi episode. And if you don't know where our lo-fi episodes are, it's essentially where I chit-chat about culture and some of the things that I'm learning um, in my life as it relates to movies and so forth and pop culture issues. And so that's what you're listening to right now. And if it sounds a little bit different to some of the episodes that I've done, it's because I'm actually using podcasts, Adobe Podcast. It's a beta that I have been in for a while. I know anybody can, I think, join the beta and get the software. Uh, I believe so. Not 100% sure on that, but this is the first time that I've actually sat down and learned how to use it. So I'm going to be doing some of the lo-fis with this so that I can uh, get it out to people because I think Adobe Podcast is going to make it much, much easier for people to make podcasts a lot easier uh, and very efficiently. And what's really cool about it is that you would actually delete the um, words from the transcription and you can clean it up that way. Um, so it transcribes all the words and then you can edit it based off of the wordings or change words or fix words, things of that nature. So I'm excited to see how that part works. And on maybe the next lo-fi, I will tell you about all the post stuff that you can do with it because as of right now, I don't know what post effects that you can do with it. So like traditionally, like I didn't drop my music into it. I guess I could have uploaded my my intro and outro, but I did a lo-fi music jam that you heard before this kicked off. So uh, so uh, the music's a little bit different too. So we're just playing around with some stuff and seeing what we can do on these lo-fis. But I, I would definitely check out Adobe Podcast because I think it could be very beneficial for people that are getting into podcasts and don't really know where to start or how to do it. It's very easy. I think it's, you have to have, a creative cloud subscription um so which i i recommend most content creators have a, a creative cloud um, subscription or adobe creative yeah adobe creative cloud you can have like audition premiere pro uh photoshop illustrator adobe um uh, indesign and all of those amazing products that adobe uh makes and again i own a lot of adobe stuff um i am not sponsored by adobe but i want you to buy adobe stuff so go out and buy it so it helps my stock Okay, so uh, uh, if you don't follow me, I'm everywhere on social media at Age of Jeremy. You can catch me on YouTube at Age of Jeremy as well. Uh, more videos and these audio files usually traditionally go out on there, but these lo-fi episodes do not go out on the uh, the Age of Jeremy YouTube. They are uh, only for the podcast um, platforms, uh, such as like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so forth. Uh, so make sure that you subscribe to this uh, podcast so you get all of the podcasts that I bring to you, including this lo-fi one, um, and you will probably never hear this specific episode on YouTube. But So make sure that you go subscribe to YouTube because there's also other content that I put out there as well, and follow me on all social medias at Age of Jeremy. Today, I wanted to talk about The Wonderful Life of Henry Sugar. Uh, and so uh, Hen The Wonderful Life of Henry Sugar is a short film based off of a book by Ronald Dahl, I believe is his name. Uh, on Netflix, and it is a fantastic, fantastic story. Uh, I believe that I heard about the story uh, when I was growing up because it's technically a children's book, I suppose. 
Uh, but Wes Anderson did a fantastic job on the short film, and I'll probably buy it as a short film. I'm, I'm not sure if you can buy Netflix movies out. I'm sure you can somewhere. I will look into that later. Um, but if you don't know who Wes Anderson is, he made uh, movies like The Royal Tenenbaums, um, The Life Aquatics of Life Aquatics of Steve Zizou, I think is how it's uh, pronounced. Uh, he's more notably known for Moonrise Kingdom and the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, he also made The Isle of Dogs, The French Dispatch, um, which I heard was a, a really good movie, which I have not seen. And then the movie Asteroid City, which uh, he made in 2023 that recently came out. And I think that has Tom Hanks in it. And so he's traditionally known for a specific style of movie making. Um, I, I, for lack of a better word, I, I think more animated not animated like drawing him but like the way that the, it's like paper scenery i don't know you'll have to go watch one of his his more recent films like asteroid city or the french dispatch um but uh um but i really recommend that you watch the wonderful life of henry sugar uh, because i was very moved by this uh, short film that he made and i'm very moved by that story um so i'm really excited to talk about it with you today uh, because I think that meditation and compassion are two of the most important things in the world, especially when it comes to the Nambutsu, which is Nambutsu, and as it relates to Buddhism, because Buddhism is really about compassion and empathy, and, and, and as you meditate, you become more compassionate, uh, which is very interesting, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that um, in my rambling. And so um, I have some notes. And what's interesting about these notes that I have to talk on this podcast about is I actually have them on the new app Copilot by Microsoft, which is now available on the Android store, which I downloaded, and it's essentially my own special Copilot. Um, it's an artificial intelligence uh, software. That's what uh, Microsoft calls their AI is Copilot. And so I'm really excited about that. So here's essentially a synopsis that Copilot gave me for The Wonderful Life of Henry Sugar. It's a short story by uh, Roald, not Ronald, Roald Dahl, so R-O-A-L-D, Dahl, D-A-H-L. Um, he has made uh, books like Charlie of the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach, The BFG, The Witches, Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Twits, George of Marvelous's Medicine, Danny the Champion of the World, and Boy Tales of Childhood, some of the uh, books that he has made, but he has made many, many amazing children's books. Uh, and he is mainly known for his ch children's books, and that's Roald Dahl, R-O-A-L-D, Dahl. So the story follows the life of a wealthy bachelor named Marie Sugar, who uses, and this is going to be a complete spoiler alert, so if you want to watch it, um, I encourage you to watch it anyway after this, but you'll know everything that happens in it based off of this episode. And so, uh, in a short story by, uh, essentially the story follows the life of a wealthy bachelor named Henry Sugar, who uses his inheritance to fund his gambling habits. Uh, but one day he comes across a book about a doctor's report of Imdad Khan, a man who claimed he could see and interact without using his eyes. And after watching Imdad perform even greater feats in his own circus act, the doctor interviewed Imdad and he tells him his life history. So essentially there's this doctor, I think I, 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 I read that a little bit incorrectly. So, uh, so the doctor has a report of this guy in Khan who came to him and said that he can see without seeing. And so the, the doctor follows in Khan. He learns why he can see without seeing, um, why he, how he's re, re uh, how he has these powers and he received them from a guru, um, a great yogi who could meditate while levitating his own body. And so the great yogi taught Imdad his meditation method, which gained Imdad 
his abilities and God became a very famous act in a um, in a circus, I believe it was, and then and then he eventually uh, passes away. Imdad Khan writes it down, learns, I guess, about it as well, um, and then Henry Sugar goes through the 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 practices of the meditation and the concentration to be able to see without seeing. And so he does it through this ability to time himself by picking up cards because he wants to use it for gambling so he can see what the next card is that's coming up in the stack and essentially maybe see what other people have in their hands. So it shows uh, Henry Sugar going through this and in the movie he's played by Benedict Cumberbatch and he goes through this and he eventually can see um, with with his eyes closed. And But it, it took many, many months uh, many, many years. I think they say that it takes like three years to be able to do it or something like that. But there's occasionally people that can master it very, very fast. And uh, Henry Sugar or Benedict Cumberbatch masters it very, very quickly. And he's really impressed with himself. He goes and he does it. And he wins a bunch of money. But when he gets that money, something has changed inside of him where he doesn't want that money anymore. So he goes and gives it away. And so when he goes and gives it away, he ends up throwing it out of a uh, uh, window of one of his lofts that his family or himself own. And the police come to him because it starts a riot in the streets with people trying to fight over this money. And he says, well, it's my money. I can do whatever I want. And he's like, why did you do that? And he's like, well, you know, I, I don't really want it or need it anymore. And, and so, and so he, the cop says, well, why don't you give it to charity or something? And so then Henry Sugar goes and he starts this uh, uh, business, this foreign business, so he, it doesn't tie itself to him and they can get away with maybe not paying taxes on it or something along those lines so they can give all of the money away. And so he spends the rest of his life gambling, taking all of that money, putting it in this offshore LLC, and then they build orphanages and hospitals, um, if I'm not mistaken, and they build all of this stuff for all of the people in the world. And he spends the rest of his life not wanting anything. He goes and becomes the great yogi, like the great yogi that taught him Khan about it. And then he eventually dies at peace. Um, and essentially, in my opinion, what we would look as being enlightened. And so I think that this is just a fantastic, fantastic story as it relates to the meditation piece. Uh, because when you spend time meditating, you start to understand empathy a lot better and you start to understand compassion a lot better. Even if you're not practicing something like the Nembutsu, or even if you're a Christian or a, a person of the Jewish faith or a person of the, uh, of the Islam faith, or if you're a Jain or if you're a Satanist or if you're a cultist or whatever the case is. When you sit and meditate for long periods of time, you actually learn this ability to uh, uh, to to introspectively look at yourself. And when you can introspectively look at yourself and introspectively understand how you feel, you actually can feel more empathy towards other people. And so I wanted to kind of look and see what goes into that because I had read a uh, or listened to a podcast a while ago the psychology podcast about meditation and empathy and compassion. And there have been studies where they will have people sit in the room and someone will walk in, there's not enough chairs and no one, or maybe a lot of few people or a few people offer that seat to some, something. And then they have those same people meditate and then they have them, uh, another group do it or whatever, and they will all mostly let the person sit. And so, the idea is that when you spend time meditation, even for a little bit of time, 
you start to feel more empathy and compassion for other beings. Uh, and this is something that the Dalai Lama speaks about in some of his talks. This is, this is, you know, uh, um, one of the things that Buddhists talk about as it relates to compassion and Amida Buddha. Um, and, and so it may not be the act of saying Nemo, even though I believe that Namo Amida Butsu or the Nyanpo or the Nambutsu is something that's, that's out of this realm and out of this world. Um, just in my heart, just what I have seen that it can do and how it, it, it can replace certain words that you would normally use when you're frustrated, you would say Namo Amida Butsu, um, to that extent, but it could be from a scientific standpoint that when you're sitting there saying Namo Amida Butsu, Namo Amida Butsu, Namo Amida Butsu, Namo Amida Butsu, Namanda, 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 and you're meditating upon those things, it is possible that because you are meditating, that's what's rewiring your system and you being more compassionate and it may not have anything to do with the words whatsoever. I'm not so naive to not think that that could be a possibility, right? And so meditation has been shown to have a positive impact on compassion and there's even been studies, uh, there was one in 2016, uh, where compassion meditation can lead to improved mood, more altruistic behavior, less anger, reduced stress, and decreased maladaptive mind wandering. Um, and so the same, the, the same article also noted um, that compassion uh, meditation can rewire the brain circuitry used to actually detect emotion and feelings, including empathy. So what that means is that as the more that you meditate, the more empathic you can get towards understanding and seeing or feeling maybe how other individuals are feeling or how they're reacting in a situation and you can have more empathy for those people as well there was a 2013 study at the va budget sound healthcare system in seattle found that practicing loving kindness meditation a form of compassion meditation for 12 weeks reduced symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder or ptsd as well as anger and depression among veterans with ptsd Another study from Duke University Medical Center found that practicing loving kindness meditation for eight weeks reduced pain and psychological distress among patients with chronic low back pain. Uh, compassion meditation is a less well-known but increasingly popular contemplative practice that aims to strengthen feelings of compassion and empathy towards different people, both those you care about and those who are difficult. It's deeply rooted in Buddhist philosophy which has taught us a lot about how people are connected and what is the purpose of our existence. Um, and so when we think of what they're talking about here um, as compassion med meditation. Is a form of like Karuna meditation, and it's a technique that cultivates compassion by recognizing and embracing the suffering of ourselves and others. Uh, it is based on Buddhist philosophy involves repeated inner intention, visualization, and the evocation of the feeling of compassion. So so while while I believe that, and there's a book on this that I've been needing to get, but while I believe that just sitting and meditating and doing Zen meditation can, can, can allow you to look introspectively, you start to do some of those things anyways. But if you're actively doing like a compassion meditation, you would intently visualize and invoke the feeling of compassion. And so when you are meditating on, on Amida or you're saying Namo Amida Butsu, that is almost the act of invoking that compassion because he is the Buddha of compassion, right? Or the Bodhisattva of compassion. And so, so when we're doing that, we are invoking that compassion into our lives. But more importantly, when we're, it, when we're, when we're, we have that repeated inner attention on ourselves, how we feel, and we're, we're, we're looking at how 
we're dealing with situations and, and handling those situations, we are able to understand emotions better for ourselves. And because of that, we're then able to be able to see it in other people and feel a certain way for them because of the fact that we're more in touch with how we feel about things that we tend to respond to other people about how they're feeling about things. And so it's something that I would love to in the future learn more about because it's, it's, that's the thing that I, I really feel is missing in the society. And I was talking to my mother earlier tonight. Um, so when I was growing up, I was very um, liberal, very super progressive. And as I think a lot of young children are. And then when I was in, in college, they indoctrinate you, especially in business school, um, which is weird because I, I hear a lot of people say that, that schools or colleges indoctrinate the left. But in business school anyways, they really indoctrinate you for capitalism, um, especially with how free markets work. We only teach one type of economic theory. It's either a mixture of Keynes and Austrian um, um, economics. And so, so when I came out of college, I was very much more right um, than I was when I went into college. And so um, as I progressed in my career at the bank and saw how corrupt um, institutions were, uh, and also the government, I went back to being more liberal and progressive, doing more research. That's when I really started reading, going back and reading more Marx now that I had a better education. Um, reading Ayn Rand to see the opposing um, um, viewpoints of it. Um, and, and well, let me take that back. So I read Ayn Rand when I was in college, and then reading Marx's thought, I was able to compare some of the things that Marx was was talking about and compare it to Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism, and 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 look at some of the things that are really good in objectivism or what Ayn Rand teaches, and, and then some of the things that are really good in what Karl Marx teaches from an economics point of view, because Karl Marx is really doing a critique of capitalism. And so it would just like me going and doing a critique of communism um, or a critique of capitalism in today's society or a critique of religion. Marx wasn't trying, while Marx was very, like, very active in, in trying to have a revolution or believing that revolution would come, and he was an activist, most of his his book is very based off of the current economic thought at the time, which was the labor theory of um, economics. And so, so I went through and read Karl Marx, um, and then kind of read um, some of um, Peter Kropotkin. I think is how you pronounce his name. I can't I can't picture the how you spell it, so it's difficult for me to say it. Um, on the conquest of bread, and started reading more anarchistic thought, which is what I was very adamant when I was younger. And so I think what happens is when you are younger, you are more you're you're more liberal, okay? unless you, you have really conservative parents, uh, or you're a growing teenager and you find Ben Shapiro or some shit. And so, um, like when you're older, you're really liberal because your mind is more towards helping other people and being more caring towards other people, and we strip that from you as you grow up. It's just what happens. Um, especially or life gets a hold of you and life's a pain in the ass and it kicks you in the ass a few times. And you're like, fuck this. I'm going to focus on myself. I'm going to go and make money. I'm going to become a captain of enterprise and I become a capitalist. I'm become, for the most part, kind of an asshole depending on how capitalist you are. And so, and so I think in the middle of life, when all that stuff happens, you can tend to be more right. Um, but and by right, I mean right-leaning or um, conservative. And so when I think when you, what would be beneficial though, 
is if everybody goes back and reads the opposing viewpoints of everything that they have, especially as you get older, hopefully your reading ability improved, your critical thinking skills improved on being able to read that, uh, take that information, think about it, create your own, your own opinion about it. And so when you're able to do that, uh, I was able to do that much better when I was older than I was when I was younger because I was much more educated. And so because I was much more educated, I could look at that a little bit differently and say, okay, there's a lot of flaws in the system of communism and there's a lot of flaws in the system of anarchism. Um, are there things that work really, really good? Yes. Are there some things in capitalism that works really, really good? Of course. Are there some things that work good in socialism? Of course. And so the idea is though, is to be able to critique these things and come up with solutions where we can meet things more in the middle and push things in a specific way where society benefits every single person involved, not from the perspective of every single person can go out there and get a job or every single person go to college. Um, not everybody has those capacities. Not everybody has the same life that you know they 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 deal they deal with on a regular basis. Some people have to take care of their children longer than they would have normally had to have otherwise. Some people may have to take care of their parents uh, at different stages in their life than they otherwise would have had to. Not everybody's situation is the same. Not everybody's mental capacity is the same. Not everybody's understanding of the world is the same. So not everybody can go and obtain the same exact things in the same exact way. So our job as a community or as a society should be able to bring ourselves together and say, how can we help all of these people progress in life and live a happy, fulfilled life? And I'm assuming there's some people out there that say, well, that's not my responsibility. And that is fine. You don't have to be a part of this, but don't stop the people that are trying to do that for making that happen. And those people will do their best, hopefully to not make it affect you um, as much as possible. And so, and so without going deeper to that, um, that's one of the reasons why um, I am more adamant for compassion. Um, it, 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 it also, compassion also, let me say this, I'm more adamant about people being more compassionate towards other people because I think that that's the thing to get us to the next level inside of society. Uh, because in my heart, in my mind, if we live long enough, we will have to become one world. We will have some type of one world order. And when we say that word, because we've been indoctrinated into that thing from whether revelations in the Bible or from, um, uh, uh, Christians talking about that going towards the end of time, whether or not it's mentioned in the Bible or not, we have a tendency to look at the one world order concept, be like, that's the evil, that's bad, that's these good people that are going to be hierarchy looking over us, and it's not, it's not going to work that way. It'll be very similar to like in Star Trek, where they have the United Federation of Plans, and I was going to problem with that, of course. Um, but we can look at these things and have a united federation of countries that kind of help us structure and rule the world together, right? And then that will allow us to work with other planets or species or dimensions or whatever have you as we progress into the world. Because if we live long enough, my guess is that we will see some of those things, possibly, I guess. I'm, I'm thinking that we will. And I think that the world would be a better place if we all came together and treated ourselves as one human species rather than different races across the world because we're all human and essentially we're all in this shit together so we should work together uh to be better at it and forward and so so i think that one of the things that we do miss is compassion uh and and also too i think that compassion can help us really kind of see our own our own flaws maybe or see that we don't need the things that we think that we need 
or that by getting certain things, we can do more things with it. That's one of the reasons why I really love the story of the wonderful um, life of Henry Sugar is because he took that money that he had earned from the gambling, I guess, and he did amazing things with it. And so when I think about having more money, it has nothing to do with me having more and more stuff. I mean, I, for the most part, all the stuff that I want, I can buy. I do. There's a Volkswagen Dorfer piano that I would like. I would like to somehow figure out how to uh, get a, a PhD in, in something related to music or in anthropology or something in the thought field where I can write and study stuff in the latter part of my life uh, and, and, and things like that. But when I think about having money, it's to have other businesses, make sure that my family has businesses to help people with financial literacy, to help people that are poor, to preserve art, to do all these things in the world. And so when you have that, there's nothing that can stop you from getting that money because that what you're doing with it is more building stupas for the Buddha. Progress Buddhism as much as possible. Give money to the church, to or the temples, create sutras, help, you know, there's so much more that you can do with money than what you think that you can do with money. But that being said, when I was growing up and I was going into, into finance and I was starting businesses or thinking about starting business, it was always about how to have millions of millions of dollars for a bigger house, for a Rolls Royce, so I could have a, a bigger boat, so I could have a yacht. But when you start to introspectively look at yourself and practice, you know, more spiritual technique, I feel that a lot of those things go away. And I think that a, a perfect example of that is in this book of the wonderful world of Henry Sugar. Um, and so I encourage you, if you are looking to find some type of, you know, to, to get more purposeful into your life and to find out what you really want, I encourage you to introspectively look at yourself, meditate, maybe look up compassion meditation, just do regular Zen meditation and counting, and you will start to ask yourself the questions and then you will start to give yourself the answers. And with that, then you can find out what you want uh, for your purpose in life so make sure that you check out the wonderful world of henry wonderful life of henry sugar by roald Dahl. i think i'm going to buy a, a pack of roald Dahl books here i'll be doing a, a a book haul um either on a youtube video or a tiktok video so make sure you follow me on age of jeremy and if you're interested we're starting a 120 day challenge at the warrior academy on january 8th together um and so if you don't know what the 120 day challenge is it teaches you about to kind of get your shit together in life as it relates to health, finance, gratitude, meditation. We do it inside of the Warrior Academy. Um, so check out the link in my um, uh, podcast episode descriptions to tip my link tree, learn about the, the, the Academy. You can sit down with one of our um, onboarding experts to learn more about it, see if it makes right for you. And then there's options for you to get into the Academy. Uh, if you're interested in life insurance, make sure that you reach out to us. We are starting to uh, build a very big life insurance um, empire to protect your wealth. Um, the benefits about the life insurance for the most part, it not work for everybody, but it may work for you. And so you're going to be building up a life insurance uh, portion. You're going to be building up a cash value portion. That cash value can't go below what you put into it and it'll grow with a specific index. More importantly, if you need that access to that money, you can borrow against it um, as that cash value builds up. Um, and there's a book that kind of explains it kind of they use a whole life cash value policy called uh, Becoming Your Film Banker by R. Nelson Nash. Very um, uh, right-leaning. So if you like right-leaning, you will 100% like it. If you're left-leaning, you probably won't like it because some of the shit that he says is kind of like, okay, yourself. Um, but the concept of what he's talking about is super beneficial and can give you really good understanding of the concept of building up that um, wealth. And that being said, as I say, it's the stuff about the conservative piece i am not very happy with um either party personally um 
and or our current president and or the person that was in front of this president. Um, and so uh, when I talk, uh, there are things that I do believe about the government and not giving them the money and holding them accountable because obviously I'm more more apt to think of it from uh, from an anarchistic or anarcho-communistic um, society. Um, and so there are things that need to be better on both ends. Um, so I, I will never, I will say things that I disagree with, with people, um, but you will always find things that are beneficial in reading. And so with the R. Nelson Nash book um, on becoming your own banker, it does give you a really good understanding about how cash value life policies work, how you can build up a cash value life policy, um, the cash value of it, borrow against it, and, and you can utilize it to fund and have your children have them. And eventually you would get into a trust and that trust would last forever. And you essentially are making this bank for future generations. Um, and so like one of the things that the trust attorneys that we're talking with is called the Rockefeller trust. Um, I think that that's a, I mean, I get why they're calling it that. I kind of think it's a stupid name or, but that's my opinion. Um, and so point is, is that point is, is that, uh, the idea behind the trust is you have life insurance on your kids that all um, goes into the trust. And so as people live and die, the trust kind of gets fed and then you can borrow against that trust, the money in that trust, get life insurance policies out to cover the money that's been borrowed in that trust. So it gets paid back when those people die. The trust goes on forever, which is a great idea. And you can feed future, future generations. There's a great proverb in the Bible that says a wise man um, creates uh wealth for his children's children's children or something along those lines and that's the mindset that we would have but then we have to have really good values um so that those people don't waste it and they do good for humanity in my opinion you can do what you want with your life but that's what i'm wanting for the people that are in my life because i want the world to be a much better place for not only my family but others when i leave it i think of the world as my family um, because we're all in this together and i want them to all be better so go check out that book if you're more interested in the life insurance click on the bio um i am a big proponent of the life insurance i'm a big proponent of making sure that you guys are set up for the future and then also i'm a big proponent of the 120 day challenge because last year i sucked at the 120 challenge year before i kicked ass at it so i would kick ass at it this year we all go through it together um in the academy once a year and we do that in january to kick it off so come on in hang out with us i do all kinds of other stuff in the academy as well um and make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast and I always say, be thankful, grateful, and kind, and we will talk to you next time. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure that you like and subscribe to it. Make sure that you share with as many people as possible. Make sure that you give me some reviews if your podcatcher allows you to. Um, and again, today I am recording using Adobe Podcast. I am recording through my New England microphone and I'm running it through my L8. Um, but this web software so far is really cool. Um, I think that you should check it out. Join the beta, especially if you have Creative Cloud. I'll talk more about it later. Um, I'll probably do a video on it here soon because I want to make sure that people, yeah, there's so many opportunities for people to have their voice. So make sure that you're sharing your voice because you can get it in front of millions, hundreds, tens of thousands of people, or five people, depending on what you're trying to accomplish and how much you're going at it. Make sure that, uh, make sure that you check out Adobe Podcast. And as I always say, remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.